Um, I'm excited to be up here today just to be able to share uh, just a couple thoughts that have uh, just that have been on my mind lately. And uh, so this is actually my first time at being up here uh, solo. Um, the first time was actually uh, me and Jonathan, we did a co-sermon together, which was actually like three years ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, so I've never, um, so this is like my first time being up here just on a Sunday morning uh, in front of everyone, so it's definitely an honor. Thank you. No more, no more. Um, so I, I am honored that I was asked to be up here. Um, so yeah, definitely thankful for this time, and it's always good to get some public speaking practice into. But so with church camp coming up, I saw that the week uh, for them is unplugged. So being able to step away from distractions, um, especially electronics, and being able to just fully focus on God. Uh, so this topic is just always one that just really resonates with me, because uh, I feel like I can just always easily become distracted uh, just by so many different things that's going on, and I just have to always remind myself to just take a step back and remove myself just from all the distractions and take time to um, just to fully take time to be with God and to fully uh, be focused on Him. So because of that, I just wanted to just take that theme that they're doing for camp and essentially just use it for my sermon. And um, But I do, I mean, I have no idea what kind of like main topics that they're doing or main verses that they're doing for that. So hopefully I'm not copying anything. Um, but this topic is always just a good reminder for anyone and especially for myself at the moment. Um, so what does it exactly mean to be unplugged again? Uh, so to me, it's saying that I am making the effort to just get rid of distractions and to fully focus on God. And focus is sort of the key word there for me. Uh, so I'm telling myself I am here to focus on what God has in store for me, or I am here to focus just on the blessings that Jesus has given to me. So whatever it may be, it's just to use whatever time that you have to fully just commit yourself to Jesus. And so one of the best things that you can do um, if you do need to step away from distractions is just, uh, just to go be in nature. Um, especially if you are a nature person, uh, then it's just such a peaceful time. And even if you're not a nature person, then you'd be surprised just at the things that you would discover uh, just by being surrounded by um, just God's amazing creation. So one of my favorite things about camp or just weekend retreats is uh, not only just you're um, surrounded by nature, but also that you have that entire time dedicated to not being on your phone. And so um, to not just be burdened by social media or uh, checking up on emails or spam calls or text messages that you may get. Um, so. Uh, yeah, because there may be times just in your life when you need to just sort of unplug from all of that and just step away just from all the electronics um, just because it's gotten so so big nowadays. There's so many electronics everywhere. And so to step away from that and just take time to pray and take time to connect with what God has just graciously given us. And so there are several occasions in the Bible that show um, just when Jesus, he has to go off and spend time just with him and God. And I'd like to take us through uh, just a couple of those different occasions that are mentioned. Um, there's at least six different times when it's mentioned in Scripture when Jesus has to go off in solitude, and obviously he does it a lot more than that. But um, So this first one that I'm going to talk about is just when 
uh, Jesus, he needs to prepare for a huge task. So right after he was baptized uh, by John the Baptist, he, uh, Jesus, he went out into the wilderness uh, where he stayed there for 40 days. And in Luke 4, 1 through 2, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. So it says that Jesus, who was full of the Spirit, he was led to the wilderness. We know that after his 40 days were up, um, that's when he sort of went back to Galilee and his ministry sort of began. And so this time of solitude for Jesus, it was such an important time for him. And he essentially spends a lot of that time um, just essentially having to tell um, just the devil off because he's trying to tempt him and because um, the devil, he's trying to tempt Jesus and distract him in whatever way he can because he knows that that time for him is just so valuable. Um, but we know that Jesus, during that time, he essentially, he just tells him off with scripture and he uses scripture to um, just to be able to use that time just away from, um, away from that, all that. So using scripture, we know um, by using it, it can help us in times of temptations or when we're feeling weak. Uh, so knowing scripture in your heart can be just such a tremendous asset, and um, that's something that we kind of get from this, um, how Jesus uses that, and that's something that hopefully that we can apply in our life as well, just um, in times of need that we can be able to uh, use scripture to combat just whatever uh, distractions or feeling of uh, weakness that we may have. So this next example is when Jesus is needing solitude after being ar around so many people. So Mark 6, 30 through 32, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So Jesus, he just got done ministering to a lot of people, and so he planned to go find somewhere to get rest. And I know for a lot of us introverts, that's kind of a natural part in our life um, whenever we're around just so many people that we kind of have to uh, just go be away and um, just to be re refreshed with what God has given to us and be refreshed just in what um, that we had just done, hopefully. And so, uh, so we know that um, when we are around a lot of people, that sometimes it can be good to kind of, uh, can be good to just go off and just to be alone and to have that time in solitude, just being um, aware that you may need that time uh, to be fully focused on God. So th this third example, it just shows when uh, Jesus, he's dealing with grief. And in that time, it can be good to seek alone time with God as well, whenever we deal with this as well. Uh, so Jesus, he just found out that John the Baptist was beheaded while he was in prison. And so during that time of mourning uh, for Jesus, he tried to get away, um, as it says in Matthew 14, 13. So when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And so there's times in our life when we have to deal with sorrow or with grief or whatever it may be, but um, we know that if, if we are in the midst of those things, that it can be good to um, just find peace in God, and the best way that we can do that is just, just to be able to find solitude uh, within Him and being able to um, just to go off on our own and to fully focus just on 
uh, on God's peace and on God's just strength that he can provide for us. And so this fourth example, uh, this is when Jesus, he withdraws himself um, right before he makes a big decision. And so this is when he is deciding on his 12 disciples. And in Luke 6, 12 through 13, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So before making um, this big decision for him, he went off to go pray, and he went to go um, just make sure that this is, you know, exactly what needs to happen. And so for us, before we make any big decision or really any decision at all, it's good to kind of go off and just to make sure that we're praying about it and to make sure that, um, that we have that time just dedicated to knowing, um, just being guided by God's Spirit through this time. And, uh, and it kind of allows ourselves to put God above us as well and to know that um, just kind of humbling ourselves as well to know that, that God does make the, these decisions and that God is the one that we need to follow. And um, so this fifth example is just in a time of distress. So right before Jesus was arrested, uh, he went off to go pray. In Luke twenty-two thirty-nine through 43, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And so in this time of um, just distress, for Jesus right before he was arrested and right before he was crucified. Um, he had to go take this time to go just be with him and God. And uh, that's something that we can hopefully apply to our lives as well. Just whenever we're feeling stressed or if we're um, just, there's something that's coming up that is making us really anxious, um, then God wants us to come to him. God wants us to present these things to him so that um, so that we can hopefully be refreshed and have just his peace. And so being able to do that and to go be alone with God is probably the best um, way that you can uh, find to do that is just being away from those distractions and being away just from whatever it may be to um, just to deal with whatever anxiety that maybe you're having or stressful situations that you may be having, but being able to um, just to really just be there with God in that moment would be good. So this final example is just kind of a more general one. Uh, when Jesus, he needs to focus on prayer, he goes off on his own to go do that. And it's mentioned uh, that he does this quite often in Luke 5:16. but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And so in my own life, um, especially in these past couple of years, I've tried to make this a priority in my life as well, uh, especially whenever COVID happened. I tried to go take walks um, just around the apartment and just to be out in the fresh air. And so um, when I would do that, I would try to take time to pray when I was walking. And it was such a special time for me, and I've tried to continue that as well. Um, might not have, well, haven't been doing it as much as I should be doing, but um, it's something that I kind of want to keep up doing when I take walks is to go pray. 
Um, but it's important to kind of figure out the most beneficial way for you to pray and um, just a good area for you to go do that, to be alone with God at the time. So one of my all-time favorite moments of being in solitude with God um, was when I was back in the youth group in high school. And every other summer, we would take a trip to Colorado. We would have a guided backpacking trip. It was called Wilderness Expeditions, and it was a Christ-focused trip. And so we would hike up these mountains, and at the end of the week, we would summit them. And right before that, we stopped at a base camp for a couple days. And during our time at base camp, uh, we would have the opportunity to just to go out into the wilderness by ourselves and to spend three hours just with God on our own. And so we had a journal that we could use, and so it was just a time of journaling or prayer, Bible reading, and just uh, really just a time of worship for us. And it's something that... Um, that we could spend that time just however we would like. And I remember spending the entire three hours just in complete awe of what, um, of God and his creation, because uh, that was the first time that I had actually been in Colorado, and it was the first time that I had been up really in the mountains. And so it was just an amazing experience for me uh, just to be able to go do that and to be in that moment just alone with God. And... Um, I, I had never spent just that much time just solely focused on the intent of being with God and being able to just have this prayer time and reading time. And honestly, right before it, I thought it was going to be such a drag because it was three hours, um, but it ended up being really, really good, and it ended up being faster than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I really wanted more of it by the end of it. So it, it truly was just a pivotal moment in my faith, and I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity just to go do that and to be alone uh, with God in that setting. All right, so now I'd like to just shift gears just a little bit and talk more about uh, just not letting distractions get in our way. And so here's some verses that can uh, just hopefully help out with that and hopefully can um, kind of help work through that as well. So this is 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So this verse, it just shows that we always need to be paying attention to our surroundings because we know that the devil can strike at any time. And whenever we're at our weakest and most distracted, it can be such a vulnerable time uh, for us, and it allows us to be sort of caught off guard, um, just especially whenever something in our life uh, just, you know, doesn't go right. I mean, that's going to happen eventually. And so it allows us to kind of, um, we might get caught up in that moment. But in reading this verse, I immediately think of the book by C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Um, JJ and I, we actually just went over this book in the teen class this past year, so hopefully if there's any teens in here that they kind of know what I'm talking about, but I don't really see any in here, so that's fine. But, um, but the whole premise of the book is just through the point of view of this demon screw tape who is sending letters to his nephew, Wormwood. Um, and he's doing this to try and help him steer his appointed person, who they call a patient, away from God. And so this was such an interesting read just because it's in the perspective um, just of these demons, which is something that I had never really uh, thought about before, especially before reading this book. 
Uh, but through this book, we get to see just some of the tactics that trip us up, and a lot of them are, uh, can always just be really subtle as well. And so, because it may be through a thought that just gets put in our, in our head, or something that a person around us may say to us that can set our mind into a frenzy, and especially for us overthinkers, we can tend to um, really just overthink in those kind of situations. And so I'll give just a couple examples from this book. So this first example just is how Wormwood, he pits his patient, who is a guy most likely in his 20s or 30s, uh, just against his mother. So he um, opens this young man's eyes just to see all of the little annoyances of his mother, and it starts to really get to him. And so this makes it to where the man, he starts to get angry just over really, really silly things. And I'm sure he doesn't see the things that he does that may be annoying. Um, it's kind of like the verse where it says to take the plank out of your own eye um, first before you, uh, you know, inspect the other man, the speck out of that. But, uh, but he's completely blind to just how he's acting towards his mom, and he doesn't have the decency just to really do anything about it and to help the situation. And so he just lets all of this anger, he lets all of these just annoying habits just fester up inside of him. And I'm sure this hasn't happened to anyone here, right? Because uh, I know we're all much better than that. But this is one just where we let other people kind of maybe when we're, we overthink in these situations, we can let these things distract us from God's goodness and just the beauty of family and these friendships that we have with everyone. And so now this second example is just when, um, it's probably one of the biggest tactics that kind of just caught my attention. And it's so effective at bringing us down, um, but it's just who we surround ourselves with. So there's a big part of the book where it shows just how the guy, he tends to replicate the habits or thoughts or feelings just as the people around him. And um, he, he's pretty early on in his Christian walk. And so he's, an impressionable guy, and um, he has these group of friends who aren't Christian, and these friends are very skeptical of Christianity, and so they don't necessarily impart this, you know, the greatest wisdom for him. Um, and he also, in that friendship, he also kind of tends to think of himself higher than them, and that he's also a greater Christian because he's friends with these non-Christians, which we know isn't necessarily the case, but... Um, but it, it is a very shallow friend group, and it doesn't seem to provide anything for him. And on the flip side, he doesn't seem too interested in um, sharing God's love to this friend group. So he does eventually kind of realize this um, with that group, and uh, he doesn't give in to major temptations there. But, and then another one is that this guy, he also ends up getting a Christian girlfriend, and he spends a lot of time with her and her family, who are Christian as well. Uh, he starts to sort of change who he is to fit in with that family. And uh, we know that that's never a good idea to change, you know, who you are to fit in with a specific group. And, um, but thankfully this, uh, his girlfriend and his family does provide a solid spiritual encouragement to him, um, but they definitely have their vices as well. And part of that um, is that this family appears to believe that they are high and mighty, and they kind of look down on others that may not necessarily believe the same thing that they do. Um, but again, this guy is early on in his faith, and so he's very impressionable uh, with the people that he's around. And his girlfriend, thankfully, doesn't seem to fall into um, necessarily that same trap as his family, as her family. And so she's a really good influence on him. 
But it's really crazy just to see how the people that we surround ourselves with, um, it can really impact who we become, whether it's positively or negatively. Uh, it's always a good idea to kind of take note of, of these friendships, um, of whatever friendships that you may have, and how you cannot fall into the trap of just letting these negative things sort of get in your way with your relationship with God. All right, so Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And also Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So in really thinking just about these last two verses, uh, I'm really reminded of the time in my life where I was just at my lowest in regards to my faith. And um, it was towards the end of my time in college because um, I had a full-time accounting internship in tax um, where it was the busy season for them. And then along with that, I was also doing school full-time. And so I didn't do a great job at juggling both of those things and um, also trying to pay attention to my faith and making that a priority. So I was just so overwhelmed with completing um, a successful internship and then also getting good grades, or at least trying to get good grades, um, that I had just completely become apathetic towards my faith. And uh, I was even at the point where I wasn't too sure if I had even believed anymore, and I just couldn't really feel God's presence in that time. And so, but I feel like a big part of that was because I, I wasn't praying and I wasn't reading the Bible at all during that time. And I know that things probably would have been different if I had actually taken the time to, um, just to dedicate more time uh, with God. But I was, I was just so focused on all of these earthly desires and just earthly things that um, I just let it completely distract me from my personal faith. And I just really suffered from it. Um, but I'm so thankful uh, just for the community that I had at the time because they helped me a lot to just to get refocused at what really mattered and to get refocused just on my own, um, you know, personal walk with God. And so I'm definitely thankful for just having that sort of community and having uh, people that I could talk to through um, just through that time in my life. And um, so, yeah, so now what are some practical things that we can do to eliminate these distractions or to better fight it? So there's definitely a lot of things that you could do here, and um, so I'm just going to list out a couple, a couple options for you. Um, but this is something that you can definitely think about and try to um, just take note of some things after that may be good for you. But So one thing is that you can post Scripture everywhere. So kind of like just how we have scripture here in the church, um, even in the bathroom, you can find some, some good verses to read. And um, so that's something that you can do in your own, um, just in your own house. You can put them uh, just wherever you kind of see the most of, whether it's your refrigerator or your bathroom or in your car, just whatever it may be. But being able to see 
uh, scripture just surrounding you. Um, that's something that can really, really help. And um, again, kind of like what I talked about with Jesus, he knew the scriptures. And so being able to know the scriptures and know it in your heart. And um, so just being able to post them just somewhere around you that you kind of see a lot of. And so another one is that you can limit electronic use. Uh, this is a big one for me, and I'm very much a TV guy, and that's what I like to do when I'm winding down at night. And I have to remind myself to just actually do important things sometimes and, um, and to do important things just besides watching TV or scrolling through social media. Um, that's definitely a big one for me, and um, uh, just because in this day and age, I mean, there's screens everywhere, and there's electronics everywhere, and so being able to um, take notice of how much that you actually use it and to limit yourself um, into trying to do that. And so that's one thing that you can try and do. And then some others is that you can find a place you enjoy and pray there. And then you can also have an accountability partner as well. So as Christians, we should be helping each other and to have someone um, to ensure that you're doing the right things and vice versa. Uh, that can really be a, a game changer for your faith. And, and kind of highlighting these last two points, um, something that you can do just in trying to find a place that is really, really peaceful to you and just spend time there just with the intent of praying and meditating on scripture. And I promise that you'll find just so much joy and peace by doing it. Um, and during that time, it can also be good to just make a list of things that really distract you, uh, just so that you can better prepare your mind uh, when those distractions start tempting you. Because uh, it makes it so much better when you're able to recognize those things beforehand and not when you're already in the midst of it. And don't be afraid to talk through, through these things with others as well. I mean, that's what having this community of believers is all about. Um, being able to just help each other just along our own walks with Christ. So really, um, I just definitely want to encourage y'all to develop those kinds of relationships with the people here, and um, especially if you're not already doing it. So being able to be involved uh, with each other outside of the church body, um, that's something that uh, we all need to be doing, and it's a great thing that, that you can do to um, sort of help your own walk and to help others as well in this time. And, um, and then again, just having that accountability can really just help in so many different areas. So yeah, I just wanted to encourage y'all this morning to just to recognize the need for solitude with God and being able to uh, put away those distractions just for the sake of strengthening your own relationship with God. Um, so this will actually end the sermon portion that I have for y'all, and I just have a couple more things to say. Um, so sadly, this will be my last Sunday here at Eugene. Um, I didn't want to go too long for the sermon this morning just because I wanted to make sure that I had a, plenty of time to um, just to say my goodbyes to everyone and just to talk to just as many people as I could. Um, but I just wanted to say that these past three years have just been really great, and I'm so thankful just for the encouragement that this church has been for me. And um, I've, I've definitely had a lot of good memories here, and uh, 
between church camp and the youth rally and VBS, and of course having the high honor of wearing the hot dog suit, uh, which honestly might be my number one favorite moment. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but I am honored to have been here and to have the opportunity to just help out um, just with the youth events and with the campus ministry and with the young adults here. And um, so it's been great to uh, just to be here with y'all and to have this time with y'all. Uh, but I am excited to be back with my family. Um, I've definitely been missing them a lot, especially these past couple, uh, really this past year and all that. So which is why um, I'm planning on going back there. But um, just being able to just strengthen my relationship with my parents and with my sister and my three nieces, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. And, um, but I'll absolutely continue to pray just for the work that's being done at this church and then also just within the community of, of Eugene. Because uh, I really do believe that God has some amazing things planned for this church, and I can truly just see the love that y'all have for each other. And I just want to encourage everyone to just keep that up and to devote uh, just lots of time together, whether it's social events or um, especially in spiritual activities as well, such as uh, praying together or um, doing Bible studies together or uh, just small groups, just making an effort to be together. That's something I want to really encourage y'all to keep doing. And so I don't want this to be a final goodbye by any means. Um, I obviously want to come back and visit uh, whenever I can, and because um, this place, no doubt, will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, so again, just thank you so much for, for everything and everything that y'all have done, and uh, just thank you for being here this morning. So love y'all. Thank you.